What was that? Welcome back, y'all. I'm your host, Hailey Simpkins, and this is Appalachian Unknown, where we explore all the scary, weird, and just outright unknown and unexplainable stories that have come out of the Appalachian region. Since it's still just episode three, I just wanted to introduce myself just one last time. I'm a proud hillbilly from Eastern Kentucky. Actually, the Hillbilly Festival happens right across the way from where I'm from, <laughs> so. And the story takes place just about 30 minutes the opposite way of my hometown. I'm a senior journalism major at the University of Kentucky who loves all things spooky. I do want to give you all a bit of a warning that there's going to be murder and some really blatant racism in today's uh, episode. Of course, no slurs or anything like that will be mentioned, but... There's a pretty sad story that has to do with that. So feel free to listen um, to another episode or click away to listen to a more lighthearted one. If that's not something you want to hear today. Before we dive in, I wanted to give a huge shout out to some of the Appalachian storytellers who came before me and have already told this story. It's one that's been told several times. So wanted to make sure that I gave credit where credit is due to those who I did use as sources today. So... Much of the details of this story that I'm going to be telling you today, specifically the timeline of the crime in question, has been adapted from retellings by David Tabler on AppalachianHistory.net, and there was a documentary on Mamie Thurman, who we're going to be talking about today, by Mysterious West Virginia, which is available on their YouTube channel, and I watched that. Um, so definitely go check both of those out after hearing today's story for some extra details and some really awesome visuals in that documentary. So with that, let's get into it. You may remember a few episodes ago whenever I said that I was really afraid of driving. Well, this story makes that fear even worse by adding ghost passengers into the mix. Scandal, affairs, murder, mistrials. That's all part of today's story. So it's a juicy one. This is the story of the tragic murder of Mamie Thurman and the subsequent haunting of her burial place, or shall I say, dumping place, on 22 Mine Road in Logan, West Virginia. Mamie Thurman and her husband Jack moved to Logan from Louisville, Kentucky in 1924. The couple lived in a backyard apartment of the well-known and highly involved Robertson family. As with many women at the time, Mamie was said to be a saintly housewife, frequenting the church just down the tracks. At least that was until people got about 10 feet away from her, where they started calling her a whore, a slut, a tramp. That's one of the negative things about Appalachia. Small town gossip. Mamie Thurman's body was found dumped on the side of Trace Mountain, known today as 22 Mountain, housing the infamous 22 Mine Road, that we'll get to a little later. She was found to have all of her belongings, including a diamond engagement ring and her pocketbook, ruling out robbery as a motive. Mamie's cause of death was a slit to the throat and two gunshots, with her death taking place sometime between 8pm the night of June 21st, 1932 and June 22nd at 6am before her body was found in the afternoon of that day. Sadly, town gossip did not stop after Mamie's death. In fact, I'd even go as far as to say that it actually increased. Rumors flew around the town of Mamie having up to 16 affairs, 
including with her landlord, Harry Robertson. Robertson later admitted to this affair. Remember, Mamie and Jack lived in the apartment above the Robertson's garage, and it's only suiting that the police chose to investigate the victim's residence and the Robertson's property it was housed on. Upon investigating the garage, which Mamie and Jack lived above, the police found bloodstains in the car. Of course, this then warranted a search of the further property, including the Robertson household. They found a possible murder weapon in the basement, which I believe was a straight razor, and bloody clothes in the attic, which is where the Robertson's handyman, Clarence Stevenson, lived. Both Robertson and Stevenson were arrested for Mamie's murder, but only Stevenson went to trial for the crime. Many at the time, and today, attribute to the fact that Stevenson was black. Sadly, Robertson's prominent position as president of the city commission landed him a get-out-of-jail-free card while Stevenson was found guilty and sentenced to life in prison after only 50 minutes of jury deliberation. Even though witnesses had accounted for all of Stevenson's whereabouts the night of Mamie's death, and the persecution only presented circumstantial evidence. The local chapter of the NAACP and numerous organizations and churches rallied for Stevenson's appeal. However, the Supreme Court turned down the appeal, and after nearly 10 years in prison, Stevenson sadly passed away of stomach cancer. Some reports from fellow prisoners say that Stevenson confided in them that he had disposed of Mamie's body, but he denied any role in the actual murder that he had served time for. But he never vocalized who the actual murderer was. No one has ever been held truly accountable for Mamie's murder to this day. To add to the sadness, it's even highly disputed where Mamie's burial actually did happen. Without justice or an honorable burial, can Mamie's soul ever truly rest? I know this story can get a little heavy at times, but sometimes we need to talk about the more serious topics in Appalachia. That's why I always listen to Appodlatcha to keep up to date about the biggest issue facing the region. A lot of what they've been talking about right now has to do with strikes um, throughout the Appalachian region, uh, unionization and workers' rights, something that's really important and that I probably wouldn't be able to keep up with if it wasn't for them and their really great commentary and conversation, so I'm happy to have that for that purpose. So you get to hear about the biggest issues facing the region, hear from some amazing Appalachian guests, and of course, you get a little bit of comedy and banter from the two hosts. So Appalachia really just sounds like a conversation between two friends, and sometimes that's all we need. Definitely check them out after this, and if you're looking for some fellow Appalachian podcasts that are more current event focused or interview style, check them out at Appodlatcha. That is A-P-P-O-D-L-A-C-H-I-A. Hope you get to listen. Mamie's story doesn't just stop with her death. It quickly moves from true crime to paranormal. The wooded country roads of Appalachia have a sort of charm to them, but they also have something eerie about them. Maybe it's the silence of being away from the city, or the chilling coos of birds. Maybe it's the brisk air with a bite to freeze your toes off. 
Or maybe it's simply the fact that you never know who's out there in the hills. You especially never know what you may see on 22 Mine Road, where Mamie's body was dumped. I'll admit to you that I've always been too scared to travel up 22 Mine Road myself, so these are some of the paranormal occurrences that others have experienced and that I am too much of a chicken to try myself. One story from 22 Mine Road goes something like this. Imagine you're a truck driver, staring blankly into the darkness of the Appalachian Mountains as you hypnotically swerve along the winding 22 Mine Road on your way to make a drop-off. Silence is your only passenger. That is, until you see a beautiful young woman walking beside the road. She's pale, but not in the sickly way. More of like that stylish, high-class flapper look of the 1920s. Why on earth is anyone out roaming this road at night? You ask yourself. Something inside of your head tells you to stop and greet the woman. Maybe she needs a ride, or maybe she's in trouble. And you just couldn't live with yourself reading something terrible happened to her in the paper the next few days. Silence becomes a screeching wail as you hit the brakes to talk to the woman. Excuse me, miss? Are you okay? Do you need a ride? You scream out the window. No answer. By this time, you're close enough to make out that something may be off with the woman. Like she's bleeding or something. But the darkness doesn't allow for the clearest look. Once again, you ask, Ma'am, I- I'm happy to give you a ride if you need it. The woman faces you and nods. You reach over to open the door for her. In the brief second you look away to readjust yourself at the wheel, the woman has somehow already made it into the truck and seems fully settled. She was still and silent. It was almost as if she wasn't even there. She never made a sound, not even that shallow breath that you'd expect to hear from someone who just climbed into the heat from the freezing cold. So where are you headed? You ask as your truck clears the last bend of the mountain. You quickly glimpse to your passenger side, awaiting a response, until you realize that there is no passenger. The woman is gone. You have the right to know. The right to know about culture. The right to know about the economy. The right to know about technology and to know about sports. You have the right to know about education and politics and the weather. You have the right to know what's happening abroad and in your backyard. But above all else, you have the right to know that this right is under attack and we must work to protect it. Because in order to be free, we must be informed. Understand the threats. ProtectPressFreedom.org The ghost of Mamie Thurman has had several supposed run-ins with truckers or passers-by before vanishing out of thin air at the end of 22 Mine Road. But there is an even spookier, unexplained encounter with Mamie. The eeriest story of Mamie's afterlife is actually another story involving cars. But this time it's one where she's in control of them. The entrance to 22 Mine Road is located right off of the main highway, but that doesn't stop people from pulling off and trying to antagonize Mamie's ghost. It is said that if you park at the bottom of 22 Mountain and put your car in neutral, Mamie's ghost will push your car uphill. 
defying gravity, allegedly leaving handprints on your vehicle. There are several videos of this phenomenon, of course. There's no ghost in the footage. Could it be some interesting loophole in physics? An optical illusion? Or maybe Mamie is trying to scare away visitors from her resting place. That still remains unknown. I hope you enjoyed today's story. Like I said, it's very complex, some true crime thrown in there, um, but it's been told dozens of times. Uh, it's one that I heard a lot growing up, so I wanted to make sure that I shared it with you guys in case you weren't aware of it. Like I said, it comes out of Logan, West Virginia. There's stories for out of the Logan Banner, which is the local newspaper that you can read, uh, Charleston Gazette Mail, that's also in there. Um, like I said, that documentary. There's also a book about it, so definitely check out all those resources if you're interested in learning more about it. But that's all I have for you guys today. So be sure to leave a review and subscribe to Appalachian Unknown wherever you're listening to your podcast right now. Let us know what other unexplained stories from Appalachia you want us to cover by connecting with us on social media at Appalachian Unknown, spelled just like you're seeing it on your screen. And I hope to see you all back here next week to discover something new together. Bye-bye.